This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to another episode of the Builder Future podcast. Over the last few shows, we've been talking a lot of technology. And today I'm really, really happy to have Maurizio Barberi on with us. He is with CMIC. Uh, Maurizio, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, great to be on your podcast. Fantastic. You know, this concept of the evolution of the construction software is really intriguing to me because, you know, now there are so many systems out there, but really I'm trying to figure out where it started from and how it did. And it kind of puts CMIC in a pretty unique position because CMIC came out in the mid 90s initially focusing on the construction industry, right? That's correct. The company was actually founded in 1974. So that's what, 46 years ago? But we started focusing on the construction industry probably in the early 90s. That's when the company realized that there was a significant opportunity to fulfill uh, an unmet need in construction as it relates to deploying technology to really help construction firms run both their back office and their field operations. Nice. So what was the industry like back then? Because, you know, even today, sometimes companies are, are pretty slow to da- adapt and change. So I'm assuming back then it might have been a little bit of a challenge to, I guess, not just implement this technology with them, but also change their habits on how to think that a software could actually help them. That's exactly right. And I think that the approach that was taken by construction firms was very different depending on whether you were a large, established construction firm. Some of the big players in the industry that already had hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in revenue versus the smaller companies. And obviously, all companies start small. Many companies in the industry, as you know, are are small. They're family-owned. Perhaps they've been passed on from one generation to the next. So let's start with the first segment, the the big enterprise companies. They typically have dedicated staffs, and they did back then in the early 90s. And more often than not, they had actually deployed or developed and deployed a custom-built solution. They had smart people who knew how to program in whatever languages were being used back, back then, and they had accounting applications and project management applications and asset management, inventory control, content management capabilities that they had developed in-house and were trying to maintain. So a lot of the environments that we encountered back then were you know, homegrown applications and, and suites of applications, whereas the smaller companies really were doing everything using early versions of spreadsheets and you know employing a lot of paper-based methodologies and processes so they didn't really have much to, to to work with some of them had tried to use very basic horizontal accounting applications to run some basic accounting but most of them really were relying on spreadsheets and paper-based methods so we we encountered two very very different types of approaches and a decision back then was made to go after the companies that already had 
invested in developing their own technology and showing them a better way. You don't have to build your own applications. It's expensive. It's complex. You need to maintain a, a staff and you need to go through revisions and upgrades. And that's, that's costly and risky. There is a better way. And, and, and so, so CMIC decided to develop for those enterprise class construction firms applications and capabilities that they could use to replace their homegrown systems that they had developed. So, so for, for many years, CMIC really focused on that segment of the market. That's a pretty interesting gap that you guys you guys saw in the market back then, because if these larger companies were developing their own software, it was almost like they had to have their own department that was continuously coding and updating and so on and so forth, specifically for their needs. And just assuming the infrastructure costs would have been extremely high. So when you guys started, did you guys start up by saying, you know what, we're going to focus on accounting and then we're going to start, like, did you guys like plan it out slowly to start rolling it out? Because obviously there's a buy-in, right? You don't want to inundate even large construction firms. You don't want to inundate them with completely overhauling everything all in one shot, right? That's exactly right. And, 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 and you, you described it correctly. The opportunities that we focused on initially were on the back office, the accounting and financial reporting processes, financial controls, some degree of project controls capabilities. But the, the focus was really that part of the business initially. And, and for, for many years, the only offering that CMIC had was in the back office. So really developing accounting and financial controls capabilities that focused on construction-specific processes and that large enterprise firms were uh, willing to deploy as a replacement to their homegrown systems. We didn't really bring to market some of the other cap capabilities that we offer today, like project management and collaboration, enterprise content management, mobile field applications. All of that came much, much later. We had to find a place to start, and that was the natural fit that we found with these large enterprises. Yeah, that makes sense with the with the increase in internet speed, mobile capacity, obviously, you know, bringing it to that point. But I guess back then there might have been a scalability issue, right? Because how do you cater specific needs and wants to so many different companies? Because back then in the 90s, maybe early 2000s when the internet was just coming up, it was probably more of a in-office solution, almost like they had to have their own in-house server. They had to have all of that infrastructure set up as well, just to power the system for their internal use as part of that network. That's exactly right. And that's why our initial offerings in the 90s were what today are called on-premise installations. They had already invested in infrastructure that they were using to run their homegrown applications. So we were essentially replacing the software and in some cases, helping them identify how they needed to upgrade their hardware in order to accommodate the software that we would be uh, licensing to them. So as you know, you know, when you compare that with today's architecture that is all cloud-based, there are some scalability issues. You know, the more users, the more data that you have, you need to invest in more storage, you need to invest in more speed. So the companies that went that route where they were installing our software on-premise did have a long-term plan of having to migrate their software to faster hardware 
and, and greater storage capacity in order to, to evolve with the software. And as those companies grew and had more users and more needs and there was more functionality that was deployed, they, they had to maintain that kind of upgrade roadmap with their internal staff. So they were using better software that was purpose-built for construction and that was not custom-built like they had originally, but they still had some scalability challenges because of the deployment method that they chose back back in the 90s, which was primarily uh, all on-premise. And, and we actually, in fact, do today still have a few large enterprise customers that are on-premise. And I think their desire is to migrate to at least a private cloud, which is one of the deployment uh, methods or models that we offer today. But as you can imagine, if you have invested in a solution that you've configured and added functionality to and and customized over the years, and it's all optimized for that on-premise environment, to kind of rip and replace and move to a cloud-based solution that has all the same functionality is kind of a big undertaking. And it has a certain amount of cost and risk and and obviously taking uh, resources away from what they need to do day to day and week to week. So we are helping some of our legacy customers that deployed on-premise to find ways to move to a private cloud environment. And then, of course, all of the newer clients or customers, I should say, that are smaller, those are invariably choosing our multi-tenant deployment uh, model, where a single instance can serve many, many different customers, maintaining, of course, all the data separate, but it's a single instance of the software. So it's a lot easier for them and for us. Everyone's on the same version. Everyone benefits from all the enhancements and upgrades that we take them through. That is obviously kind of a computing model that most software companies have embraced and more most, most users of software have embraced today. So when when do you think CMIC, or I guess the industry saw a change in the mindset and maybe even just the larger companies saying that, you know what, maybe this is the way, maybe we have to start investing in this kind of technology going forward for ease of use. Was, was there like a specific point you think, or do you think it was just gradual with just the rise in technology in general that the larger firms say, you know what, this is this is something that we have to explore more and go down more. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it was probably more of an outside-in influence. Construction, as we all know, they are not necessarily on the on the bleeding edge or leading edge of adopting new technology. And and you know, it's a conservative industry and they don't necessarily have a long, long track record of being the first industry to deploy new technology. That's in part cultural, in part, you know, the, the, the type of ownership that a lot of these firms have. And then that's fine. So I believe that it was gradual as they observed industries around them deploying new technology, as they were exposed to a lot of the big technology companies like Microsoft and SAP and, you know, the software that you get, you know, from Apple and Oracle, you know, all of the the amount of money that these companies invest in advertising to kind of tell their story. And once all of these companies embraced the cloud and made acquisitions of pure play cloud software companies that they integrated into their portfolios, if you're exposed to that over time, then you are going to start thinking, well, is it time for me to embrace new technologies and to embrace the cloud and to get comfortable having the functionality? deployed or accessible through a browser where I don't have to install all the software and maintain it or pay a hefty maintenance fee. I'm subscribing to software and software as a service. And then I have access to all the same functionality, but someone else maintains and does all the upgrades and the migrations. And all I have to do is train my users 
get them up, up and running, and then I can access all that rich functionality from any, any browser and from any device anywhere where there's connectivity. So I think it was gradual ex, you know, exposure to influences from other industries. And also, as a lot of these family-owned businesses went from that first or second generation to the third generation, and the people kind of taking over the business and making the decisions were more of the digital natives, they also were more exposed to new technologies and their comfort level with deploying mobile applications in the cloud was much, much higher than it was with the first generation who may have built their own system back in the mm -hmm. 70s or 80s. So it sounds like you're, you're saying that the cloud management today over the last few or over the last few years, it's kind of changed the game for construction software. And I know you touched on it a little bit before, but how has construction software evolved over the years and more specifically CMIC, how have they evolved? Like, how did you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together gradually so you got to this point where cloud management now could be scalable? Yes. So when we were serving the enterprise segment of the market exclusively, there wasn't as much pressure to offer a different deployment model. So between the early 90s, when we started serving construction exclusively, probably until the middle of the last decade, we were offering almost exclusively an on-premise deployment model and very selectively maybe a private cloud deployment model, but cloud was still pretty early on. And so when we d decided to start moving to a segment where you have smaller companies that don't necessarily have a large dedicated IT staff and, 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 and companies that had heard about a cloud deployment model, that's when we started realizing that unless we evolve like many other industries or many other software companies and plan to offer a cloud-based deployment model, all the same functionality that the big companies were able to deploy in an on-premise model, but now delivered you know, from the cloud in this software-as-a-service type of arrangement, unless we start doing that and, and in a relatively short order offer that, we are going to be left behind. We also saw a lot of new software companies enter our industry and start serving the construction industry with a, with an offering that was architected and delivered as a cloud offering exclusively. So they were not going through that evolution that we had to go through from on-premise to cloud. They were kind of born in the cloud, as they say. And as, as I said, the number of competitors around us started looking more like that and less like us. And, you know, there, there's a mix of both. There's companies that are almost as old as we are in the space, and there's a lot of companies that are newer that have been around only for 10, 12, 15 years, those were the ones born in the cloud. So with that added pressure from our competitive set, we said, we have to offer this. And that's why in the 2014, 2015 uh, timeframe, that's when we offered for the first time all the same functionality that we had offered previously, but now in a, in a SaaS or cloud deployed model. And that allowed us to credibly go after that other segment of the market that smaller companies without the dedicated IT staff uh, who were more inclined to subscribe to software, go through a deployment that was much simpler and shorter and really scale up as they grew. So a lot of companies that, you know, when we started working with them were maybe 50 or $75 million in revenue. We actually have helped them by scaling their, helping them scale their processes with a cloud-based solution 
to double, triple, quadruple in size. So now they're almost enterprise class construction firms. But when we first started working with them, they were much, much smaller. And for them, the only way to replace spreadsheets and QuickBooks and things like that was to deploy a more sophisticated but cloud-delivered construction software suite like ours. But I also think that the cloud management system, I think now you were able to focus on a separate but very important component of construction. I think before your in-house operations would require a significant amount of capital and resources. And, you know, as long as you followed the system, obviously, but now you were able to get real time updates from your site and you could actually, you don't have to physically drive there always and check up on them. Now you can get your reports, you can have your communication systems all set up. And I think that's something that you guys included. And I think you mentioned some of the other people that were quote unquote born in the cloud. They've started to push that as well, because I think that's a secondary source where it's not that you're going to make your money there, but you're not going to lose your money there. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It was when we decided to offer our software in the cloud that we for the first time credibly offered project management and collaboration capabilities. And that allowed us to now offer a complete suite, not just all the back office, ERP, accounting, financial controls, project controls, capabilities that were the traditional or legacy capabilities that we had been offering for a long time. But now we can extend the capabilities and build everything on a single database platform, which is one of the advantages that we offer. You are not cobbling together different areas of functionality and having to move data around. Every single application that is part of our platform sits on the same database. Everything is drawing from the same data. You update this record from this application and all the other applications that draw or that need to use the, uh, that data, is they're always looking and pulling the same information. It's always up to date. It's all fully synchronized. So that's one of the big advantages. So now with the cloud, with mobile applications, with internet connectivity becoming a reality in a, in a meaningful way, you know, offering project management and collaboration capabilities that are used in the field where all the work happens, you know, for a construction firm really opened up the market for us. Even though we have a single database platform and the ideal customer is one that is interested in deploying all of our capabilities to to really license that or, or subscribe to that full platform, we do have the flexibility to give new customers entry points. If you're happy with your project management, but you need to upgrade your back office, we can start there and then you can consider you know project management later or if you just invested in a big ERP system and your amortization cycle is still three years to go before you fully use up that asset well keep that for the next couple of years license or subscribe to our project management and collaboration capabilities those can be integrated with whatever you have in the back office and then once that cycle comes you can say well I'd like to work with one vendor a single platform it's unified it sits on the same database, and that is going to work better for me, and it's going to simplify the way I manage, maintain, and enhance my technology infrastructure. That's very interesting, and, and I want to get to that a little bit more. But you know, with this ride in cloud management and now all this digital marketing, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you joined CMIC a few years ago, and your, your specialization is in that side. Can you let, tell me a little bit more about you, your background, and how you're bringing CMIC 
to the forefront in this new digital world? Absolutely. I did join uh, CMIC uh, about three years ago. So I'll be celebrating my three year anniversary a little bit later this month. So uh, it'll be a happy, a happy <laughs> event. I started my career in Silicon Valley as an engineer, fell in love with technology, but decided that I wanted to move to the dark side, the business side. So went to business school, fell in love with marketing. And when I went back to the labor force, I worked as a consultant at Accenture for a few years. And then I launched kind of my career as a technology CMO keeping one foot on, on the technology side of the equation, but, you know, the other, my passion in marketing, you know, allowing me to balance those two. So I've worked with a variety of companies. Some of them are venture-backed, some of them private equity-backed, some of them NASDAQ-traded. I've taken companies public. I've taken companies private. I've been a part of mergers and acquisitions. So really seen many different evolutions as, as, as different technology companies serving many different verticals on a global basis evolve over time. And, you know, three years ago, found CMIC, realized that they didn't really have a strong leader in a marketing role and realized that I could apply all of my learnings and skills and experience as the technology CMO to help them really realize their potential in the marketplace to apply marketing best practices and in particular digital marketing best practices in order to really take them to a new level. So I've been working with them for three years, really kind of built a team from scratch. The team that we had back then was not a team that, that was going to really help us get to that next level. So built a team from scratch. And, and now we cover all the different subfunctions of marketing, have completely overhauled our web presence and have really launched and maintained a pretty aggressive cadence of marketing programs, campaigns and initiatives that are helping us tell our story in the marketplace and have uh, CMIC become known, not just as a legacy software company serving the enterprise segment of the market, but a full spectrum construction platform with a cloud delivery model that can serve the needs of many different sizes and types of construction firms as well as project owners. So that's the story we are telling in the marketplace. We can back up the story with very, very strong proof points. And you know, make, we're making a difference in terms of accelerating our growth and expanding our market presence, not just in North America, but selectively in different locations overseas. I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of uh, extending that reach, because I always thought CMIC was for massive companies. Uh, but a couple of the, your team members, Graham and JP, have, I've been in communication with them for a little while, and it was pretty eye-opening that, you know what, it, it is possible. And one of the things that I was really interested in was the concept of modules. And did you find that when you joined was something that could, could really leverage it in the marketplace that somebody like a company, small or large, does not have to commit large sums of money for this infrastructure. You guys had already built something uh, starting with accounting and project management and kind of built it from there. Did you find that in, like enticing and it was a way of you know, hey, we can actually scale this up or down either way and cater it to all these different markets in the construction space. That's exactly right. And, and one of the things that impressed me the most about CMIC was the breadth and depth of the offering, but also, to use your phrase, the modularity of the offering, where even though we do have this construction platform that has all this functionality, probably 80 or 90%, of what a construction firm would need to run their entire business, you don't have to start by deploying and enabling all of those capabilities and all of the users of all of that software. You can actually 
do it in a sequential manner and start with the back office with accounting, financial controls, reporting, project controls, and make sure that that is fully deployed, that the users are up to speed, that you are seeing benefits from automating and streamlining a lot of those processes and leveraging that single database in order to make sure that all the information that you have or that any user has at their fingertips is always up to date and correct and accurate and synchronized with anything anyone else sees anywhere else in the company. And then once you've done that, you can go ahead and deploy some of the other capabilities, whether it's enterprise content management, enterprise planning, project management and collaboration, or some of the mobile applications that really enable those people in the field. And so that the whole company is now connected, looking at the same data, you know, more confident in making decisions because they are leveraging accurate and complete and real-time or near-time data and take that kind of sequenced approach. Now, we're not going to stop a company if they really want to deploy everything, but we do warn them, listen, you are now deploying an ERP system with all of the functionality that comes within an ERP system, as well as project management and collaboration. So all the people in the field doing the work, but also leveraging these technologies and maybe even a few point integrations. For example, we have a great integration with an eSign solution. We have another great integration with an uh, OCR, optical character recognition solution. So we don't try to pretend that we're going to do everything. We are very selective about what we decide to develop natively, which becomes part of our platform. But there's still space if you already are using an eSign solution or an optical character uh, recognition solution or some payment solution that you really like. We have APIs and many other ways of connecting that functionality to our platform. So again, we offer this 80% of everything you would need in one platform, and then we have the flexibility to plug in those point solutions so that you can complete your technology stack. I'm glad you mentioned that because there's so many technologies out there now and so many quote unquote specialists in, in certain fields, you know, it could be BIM technology, it could be the e-signs like you mentioned. So I, I do think that those integrations are going to be pretty important because you could have an architect come in with a BIM technology that, you know, you can kind of extrapolate right back into your system and kind of go seamlessly. So I, I think that is really important as we grow in this industry and as technologies also evolve, those I think those integrations are going to be pretty important. Absolutely. And, and I think you, you brought up a good example. We do have an integration with BIM 360. Again, we are not uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a company that will develop 3D modeling software. That's not what we do. That's not where our expertise lies. But there are lots of companies, or at least a few, that do that really, really well. So we choose our partners well. We make that integration happen. And if the customer or the prospect that we are pursuing already has that, we find a way of integrating. Or they may come to us and say, well, we love your software, but we also need BIM functionality. Who do you recommend? Well, we have one or two or three that we can recommend with which we have already successfully integrated with other customers. So I think those integrations are going to be really important. And as more and more data sources become available, drones, for example, to do quality inspections, that's another potential data source. So we're not going to become a drone company, but we will happily and easily integrate data coming from a drone deployed in a quality controlled context into our single database platform so that that information can be leveraged in many, many other ways and is available to any user of our software platform. With all of this stuff going on that you just mentioned now with cloud, the possibilities seems to be endless. 
you find similar challenges with the onboarding process and trying to get firms on, or do you think it's a little bit easier? Because now there's just so much information, so much technology that you can kind of go in. How has that process changed? And how, is, how do you guys do the onboarding process with, uh, with, with customers, with construction companies? And, and, and I will interpret your use of the word onboarding as deploying the software, the whole... Correct, yes. Okay. So it, it, it depends on typically the size and complexity of a customer that we are working with. If it's a large enterprise customer with a dedicated IT staff and a team that has already gone through one or two big ERP deployment cycles and they understand technologies and they have the resources and the expertise, then it's less about showing them how to do this and more coaching them and guiding them on how to configure our software in a way that maps to their processes and that's going to deliver short and long-term value. The CMIC software is extremely configurable. It's almost too configurable. And that's a double-edged sword. If you're working with a company that has a very experienced IT staff and that has a lot of clarity about the processes that they're trying to enable, how they want to manage data, then we go through that elaborate process mapping exercise. And that informs how we configure the software and that is going to result in a set of capabilities that really support those processes and really deliver the kinds of productivity and efficiencies that you know a large company like that would expect. With a smaller company, it's almost dangerous to say this is infinitely configurable because the temptation is, oh, yeah, I want to do that and I want to do that and I want to do that and I want to configure it this way. And you all of a sudden are talking about a custom solution, a highly customized solution. And a smaller company may not need that. A smaller company may be just fine with fewer options and say, you know, there's a template that allows me to configure the accounting and financial controls piece. And here's a couple of templates you can pick from to configure the enterprise content management or the project management and collaboration or the way you want to deploy your field applications and kind of almost reducing the number of choices so that we can help them go through that onboarding process in less time, expending fewer resources, and they don't have unlimited resources like a really big company, and they'll be seeing value much, much faster. So our approach by definition needs to be very different depending on who we're dealing with and the resources and the expertise that we have. So with smaller companies employing templates and pre-configured modules is a much more efficient and well-aligned approach to helping them, you know, stand up the software as quickly as, as possible. And in fact, one of the offerings that we recently launched is your training and your implementation services that we offer as part of the package, they're included as part of your first three-year subscription. So instead of having lots of line items for, you know, here's the software and here's this module and here's the implementation and here's the training, we bundle everything into the price for the first three years. Most of the deals that we do for cloud customers, people deploying in a multi-tenant mm -hmm. cloud environment will be three-year deals. So we bundle everything into one price. So we're trying to simplify, make it easier for us to do business with and make it easier for these smaller companies to understand, okay, here's everything you get, here's how long this will take, and you should expect to be up and running in X number of weeks uh, with this functionality and maybe you know another Y number of weeks for this other functionality. 
I guess what you're saying is based on just the amount of customizations you can do, maximizing a company's specific need or requirement could be one of the biggest opportunities they have in going with a software like CMIC. Is there another big opportunity just in general for construction firms? And I'm and I'm probably talking more of the smaller ones because they're always a little less trigger happy to jump on board because margins are tight everywhere, you know, especially for the smaller companies. Um, so what would a big opportunity be for a small business to jump on board? That's a great question. And that's something that we've, we've studied by asking variations of that question of the smaller companies that, that we would like to have as customers. And, and what comes back invariably as a theme is we recognize that the approach we are using today or the capabilities we are using today are not going to help us scale. I am interested in growing. I know that CMIC works with some very large companies. I aspire to one day become one of those large companies that you work with, but I don't know if you can help me. And the response is with a cloud-based delivery model, we can make all of that rich functionality that is available to those big companies available to you in a very cost-effective way, both in terms of the cost of that subscription plus the bundling of all the services to get you started quickly. So by deploying the software, and it's, it's enterprise-class software, but basically packaged and pre-configured for a smaller company. So you're getting the best of all worlds. You're getting the very best, richest functionality, field tested by the people who have very complex operations, but delivered in a package and in a model that makes it affordable and much easier for you to deploy enhance-free maintenance because it's you're a multi-tenant cloud customer. You know, we do all the upgrades, we do all the maintenance, we maintain all the infrastructure. You don't have to worry about that. So now you are in a much better position to become less dependent on spreadsheets and to stop bumping into the limitations that say QuickBooks, you know, QuickBooks is a great application for small business, but at some point, if you want to get to that next level of, of growth and scalability, you need to to, to, to deploy software that allows you to do that. So it's really a growth story. If you're interested in scaling your business and growing without letting the, the wheels of the wagon fall, you know, fall off, as they say, uh, th this is the time for you to deploy serious enterprise class software, but delivered in a way that makes it affordable and easy for you to deploy. And that angle and that positioning seems to resonate very, very well with the smaller companies that we've been targeting for the last half decade or so. So that's a very interesting concept, the, the, the concept of scalability for a smaller company to become large. How do you quantify or how do you provide that kind of assurance to a small business that they can scale up without having to spend tons and tons more money? The way we do that is by having you license the core set of functionality the off, that, that we offer that comes with our platform, and you pay that subscription fee for that core functionality. You don't have to enable all of it. You can enable only what you need at that time, that initial phase one deployment, and enable and train those users. And then as you enable additional functionality because your organization or those other users or departments are ready, that doesn't mean that you are going to be paying a higher fee. 
the only trigger of a slightly higher cost would be the number of users that you're enabling, but the core functionality is already part of your core subscription that you started with from the beginning. That's fantastic. So it feels like the technology has evolved a fair bit in the last 25 years, since 95, 96, since CMIC has been around. So where does CMIC envision technology moving forward in terms of construction software and construction management in the next two, five, 10 years? Possibilities are endless, it feels like. Absolutely. And I think it's it's fun to to kind of look into our crystal ball and try to predict or anticipate where, where technology is going. I think we, we've touched on, on, on some of these trends earlier on, on you know, during this discussion, and, and, and that really has to do with the integration of some of the newer technologies like drones used in a QC process or really uh, you know, tightly integrating kind of BIM modeling. And, and you know, everyone talks about 3D BIM. Well, now we're, we are talking about 5D BIM. And what does that mean? Well, it's the three dimensions of space as well as cost and time. So we're adding two more dimensions and really looking at those five dimensions of data. You know, construction, you know, happens in a three-dimensional space. So, you know, and so if you add to those three dimensions, cost and time, then you really have that more complete picture. So continuing to integrate with those newer technologies. But let's not forget that that next segment of the market that we're going after. So, you know, we, we have a pretty significant position in the top segment where we have a quarter of the top 400 customers, according to ENR. But the next segment, companies that are, say, between $30 million in annual revenue and $300 million in annual revenue. In the U.S. alone, there are 14,000 companies. And guess what? The majority of those companies are still using spreadsheets, are still using paper to run their business. And they're going to continue struggling in terms of scaling, in terms of duplicative data entry and, and errors and, and the risks of their business until they deploy the kind of functionality that we offer. So part of it is embracing the newest technologies and integrating them, not just from a technology perspective, but from a data perspective for the people who are ready for that, the larger, more sophisticated companies, perhaps initially, and then the rest of the market, but also educating and making sure that all the small companies can also take advantage of functionality that exists today so that they can be in a position, set the stage to scale and to take advantage of all future opportunities. And, you know, even beyond the downturn that we are all uh, observing and facing at the moment, you know, everyone expects to, you know, for, for, for things to turn around at some point, And it's important to be ready to hit the ground running once the recovery really begins in earnest. And we, we do see pockets in the industry and across the geographies that we, that we serve where things didn't slow down too much or where things are starting to pick up again. And especially in, in certain sectors of the construction industry, like heavy highway and infrastructure, for example, in some cases that has accelerated. So we want to make sure that companies are educated and are taking concrete steps to be ready to take advantage of all the opportunities that will come once the recovery really gets going. That's awesome. For me, I'm personally very curious to see how the field management tools are going to improve when 5G technology finally gets here and us and companies, maybe it's third party companies, maybe it's you guys as well, start figuring out more and more really what that network is capable of because that could change the game with field management tools and visually seeing how 
you know, the space is being built, if it's off by an inch, you know, and construction is way off, everything's off, right? I, it could it could add unlimited kind of potentials, if you ask me. You guys are global, and that, that's really interesting to me. Uh, I saw a news clipping the other day that you guys signed up in Dubai as well. So your platform and your accounting systems are country-specific all over the world, right? So we, we do have our biggest presence in North America. Uh, as you know, we're based in Toronto, but we serve the U.S. market pretty comprehensively across you know most states in the United States. And we have, over the last several years, pursued opportunities in different parts of the world. You know, we, we have a partner in Southeast Asia based in Singapore, and that partner is helping us serve customers in different parts of Southeast Asia. And we are now establishing a beachhead in the Middle East with a very large deal that you reference, a company based in Dubai that has pretty massive construction operations. And they were looking for, for software that was purpose, purpose built for construction, but at that enterprise class level. And they saw in CMIC what they were looking for. And that, as you would expect, is opening a lot of doors in the Middle East. Companies that look at this company as kind of a leader in deploying technology and a leader in running uh, efficient operations. And they're going to say, who are you using? How are you running your business so well? oh, you're using CMIC software, we need to talk to them as well. We are also selectively looking at opportunities in different parts of Latin America and certainly Europe. Many of our US-based clients actually have uh, presence and operations in different parts of Europe. So we need to serve their needs as well. They want to stay with us, but they want to make sure that we can uh, serve their needs. So the, some of the capabilities that we are making sure that we offer have to do on the accounting side. As you know, you know there are many different accounting standards, even though the world has tried to harmonize, you know, there was gap in North America and then IFRS in Europe. But even when you when you start peeling the onion, the accounting st standards, if you compare, say, Germany and Holland, they're still a little bit different. And the accounting software needs to accommodate those different standards. So our software, we're adding capabilities to our software to make sure that we can handle different ledgers, to make sure that we can handle different ways of doing revenue recognition, that we can handle multiple currencies that we can reevaluate balance sheets based on currency fluctuations and all those little idiosyncrasies that are important if you are managing operations across different jurisdictions with different accounting standards. So our customers are taking us to those geographies and making sure that we can offer those kinds of capabilities so that there are no constraints in terms of using our software all over the world. Well, that's been fantastic, Maurizio. It really sounds like what CMIC is is basically your tagline, which is construction evolved, which is pretty fascinating because you guys kind of started right from the first thought of computers coming out and then in the web and now cloud. But where can, where can some of our listeners find us CMIC? Absolutely. I think the, the best resource that we offer anyone who wants to learn more about CMIC is our website. And our URL is cmicglobal.com, CMIC Global, all one word. So uh, that's a great starting point. There are tons of resources from case studies and eBooks to product collateral to lots of videos, recorded webinars, comprehensive descriptions of our products and modules and different functionality and many, many ways to engage with us depending on where you are in your exploration or buying cycle. You can schedule time with an expert. You can talk to someone who can introduce you to CMIC. 
You can put in an inquiry. You can specify what kind of information you're looking for. We also are encouraging partners to uh, join our ecosystem. So we're going to be enhancing our partner pages in the coming weeks. So our website really is the place where you want to start. This has been absolutely fantastic, uh, Maurizio. I've had I've had a blast. Indeed, that's how I feel as well. I enjoy these conversational sessions. Uh, hopefully, I've shared with you some insights and ideas that will help you and help uh, your listeners learn a little bit more about the industry, the trends, the challenges, the opportunities, and certainly how CMIC is the opportunities ahead of us. So thank you for the opportunity. Really, really appreciate it. And I look forward to staying in touch. Not a problem at all, Maurizio. And to our listener, if you feel that this kind of software is something that you guys need, please get a hold of them. Or you can share the link of this episode to your superiors or your friends. We're available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, among so many others. So feel free to share it with them. You never know. It could be a really good fit for you and take you guys to that next level. On our next episode, Mallory Brody shares the tool Bridget has developed to simplify project planning by allocating and tracking the progress of a construction firm's biggest capital resource, their employees. Take this journey with us to learn more about the initial site-specific offering, Bridget Field, and how it has evolved to fill that specific gap of resource planning with efficiency. 